This episode of the Cinemavention podcast is brought to you by Routing Wonk, RozJ001, Alex Hanna, and Wabbit Magic. Want to find out how to become one of the names listed? Go to patreon.com slash wscottis1 to find out how. Hi, I'm W. Scott as one, and I have not seen the movie Aliens. Increasing his cultural IQ, one movie at a time. This is Cinemavention. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie Aliens, which my guest has seen before. He is the host of the Ritual Misery podcast and podcast producer extraordinaire. Please welcome Anthony Lemus, a.k.a. Amos, to the show. Amos, good to have you back for... Hey, here's the thing. Uh, You were on episode one, and now you're on episode 10, the first double-digit episode. So we'll have you back on episode 100. There we go. We we, we got a plan. We we just that's how we're gonna do it. <laughs> It'll only take about two and a half to three years to do so. But hey, you know, <laughs> I I mean I don't know. You've been cranking through these pretty good, so I'm expecting it. Uh, how about ne- Wednesday of next week? Does that work? That work <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll just magically be at 100 episodes then. <laughs> no, but. Uh, you know you can design your own numbering sequence right like you could just switch to binary now and just call it a day like it, it, you can mm. make this go a lot quicker that's true that's true i, I haven't know. considered Start that throwing letters in there yeah <laughs> it's, but it's 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 your podcast you do what you want to do you do you boo of course of course <laughs> no uh thank you so much for uh returning to the show it's good to have you back and um yeah. i am ready to talk about aliens here we go. Aliens is available for rent or purchase, and you can stream it on HBO Max if you're the streaming type of person. Aliens was released by 20th Century Fox on July 18th, 1986. The movie was directed by James Cameron and stars Signor Weaver. Signor Weaver? I guess Carrie Henry. Sigourney. Sigourney, of course. Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> of course. Uh, Carrie Henn, Michael Bine, and Paul Reiser. Movie had a budget of eighteen point five million and made one hundred and thirty one point one to one hundred and eighty three point three million dollars in theaters. Amos, do you remember when it was that you saw this movie for the first time on HBO, which is also the most recent way that I watched it because I streamed it this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it on HBO. It was one of those free weekend deals, and we just recorded all the movies, and so I probably watched it. 10 times when I was younger off of a uh, uh, illicit D- uh, uh, VHS. Mm-hmm. As everyone yeah. did, right? Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah. no, that, 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 I guess this has been one of those HBO staples, I guess, if it's been well, on HBO for that long. Well, I don't know if it was on continuously, but it is one of those movies that uh, it always had that home box office the hbo the showtime feel to it mm-hmm. after it left the theaters and i remember it coming out in theaters but of course my mom wouldn't let me wouldn't you know let me go i was only nine at the time well um, yeah uh, i mean you were only a, a negative a yeah, yeah i was a, a negative 12. In the mind. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah it, it i remember the hype about it i remember the 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 uh Outside the theater, they wouldn't even have like the the normal billboard sign that you usually have. They would have 
like these huge flags that would come down the side of the building and it would just have the the eye and aliens how, you know how kind of emerges is like a a crossway slit like almost almost like a a cat's pupil yeah and it, they would just have that on the side of a building and it'd say aliens across the top and then the release date on the bottom and uh yeah i remember all the hype it was it was a big to do yeah yeah uh, let's get into this movie because uh, here's the interesting thing about this movie is that it's actually a sequel to the movie Alien, which came out in 79. So this one mm-hmm. came out about uh, six years before, right? No, seven years uh, before. Seven, seven years. Yep. Yeah. It, but it, it takes place 56 years later. Right. The wondrous, wondrous magic of hypersleep, which we'll get to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I'm surprised that everyone because everyone suggested this movie like this was one of the first movies that was suggested as a movie that I should watch. And mm-hmm. and yet, like they suggested the sequel and not the prequels. Uh, do you do you have an opinion maybe as to why that is the case, Amos? I do. Um, so the first one was directed by Ridley Scott. It is a, I wouldn't call it a horror movie. This movie, Aliens, is actually classified as an action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was more of a horror movie. It was a very cerebral experience. It's very, very slow. The mm-hmm. pacing on that movie is, it's a crawl the entire time until the very end when there's an actual, you know, com- like a, a, a combat, a fight scene. Um, and and this one, it, and this movie is pretty slow too, I might add. But carry on. Well, well, but this one is very deliberately paced to give you uh, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. It, it hypes you up and then kind of gives you this uneasy calm, and then it hypes you up in another battle or action scene, and then gives you like an uneasy calm. And the suspense is kind of delivered and then fulfilled, delivered and then fulfilled. Whereas in the first one. It's suspense for pretty much the entire movie with a small blip of action in the middle mm-hmm. until the end. And it's really a mental thriller. Like it has you wondering what is going on the entire time. Whereas this movie is kind of more in your face and gives you a little bit more uh, of a satisfying action feel. So the two movies, while they are sequels, have very distinct and very different feels to them yeah um i I will say that uh visually they're very similar Uh you know a lot of a lot of the set pieces almost look like they could have been borrowed from one another they use the same color schemes the same a a lot of the same sound like the underlying sound effects the background sounds the wind the rain that kind of stuff but the feel of the movie itself what you experience when you're watching it completely separate and that's why, as you put in the show notes, this is a sequel that really does work as a standalone. And even though the original made more money in the theaters, it came in at like $213 million. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Aliens, this movie that we're talking about tonight, is the more popular of the two. Yeah, yeah. And, and it works as a standalone movie. Like, it, you're absolutely right. Like, there might have been like a few moments in particular where it might have made more sense if I had seen the previous Alien movie, um, but for the most part, like th- this movie did work as a standalone movie, and 
I I don't know. Like there there were there were a few points where the storyline from the previous movie mattered, but it didn't matter that much. Like you still kind of got the storyline, even though you hadn't seen like in my case, especially having not seen Alien, uh, the prequel. I, right. I, I still was able to understand what was going on in this movie, despite this being a sequel. Yeah. And, and the big carryovers are that Sigourney Weaver's character, she's the sole survivor of the previous movie. The uh, she has a distrust for androids, but they convey that pretty well. The cat plays a significant part in the first movie, but it's it's around in this movie, but it doesn't take it does not that storyline isn't carried forward so it doesn't even yeah. really matter it's more of an homage to the original as opposed to a continuing yeah the cat uh, i think is arc. there for like 30 minutes total the entire movie right and 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 it does play in other movies i believe i believe that cat is you know jonesy is is carried forward into other you know further movies in the franchise but for this movie it's inconsequential at best um and that's really I mean, other than the name of the planet, that's really kind of all you need to know about the original to watch this movie. Yeah. And all of those points are fairly well taken up. And a lot of that, I think, is due to the difference in release. I mean, you go from 79 to 86, people need to be reminded of what happened, mm-hmm. especially in the age where you didn't have everything just on demand where you could watch it. You actually had to go to a video store and find it and rent it for two days, take it home, throw it in your VHS player and hope the tape didn't break. So. <laughs> You know, I, I think movies of this age are really good at kind of giving you a brief recap in very subtle ways of what happened previously. So you don't have to rewatch or watch for the first time the movie that is being based off of. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let, let's go, let's get into talking about the movie. So, you know, as as you mentioned, we, we're kind of starting out on a, um, you know, seemingly abandoned ship. Um, and mm-hmm. it's because it is, and you have you have these folks in gas mask who are um taking down the door, which by the way, the most badass way to get rid of a door that I've ever seen, right? This, this is the non Star Wars lightsaber way of opening a door. <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, I I it, here's the thing, like I assume the gas masks are there because they don't know what air they're breathing, but. It's like as soon as they see um, Ripley, um, they're like in one of the, um, I guess you'd call it a pod, right? Yeah. Um, the, like the hyper hypersleep pod, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and they discover that she's conscious. Um, I, I guess that's the signal that they can take their gas mask off because they know it's safe. <sighs> maybe, maybe maybe the fact that she's still there and operating, then they can assume that it's pressurized or whatever. I, that was, that, that was actually a detail that's completely lost on me. I just assumed like even rewatching it this morning, I just assumed, well, I guess they know it's okay now. So I guess. Yeah. I, I I feel like, I feel like if it weren't for COVID, I wouldn't have um, analyzed this detail (laughs) as much as I am. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and, Honestly, there's parts of there are there's going to be several parts of this movie that if you're uh if you've got a penchant for detail, you're going to notice that things are missing or they're slightly misplaced or that they're not explained. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think a lot of that is the beauty of the movie. It doesn't 
it doesn't stop on those tiny details. It gives you the stuff that you need without giving you a bunch of extra overhead to think about. Yeah, totally. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, 57 years have passed since she was discovered, which that's interesting. Like, it's amazing uh, that they went uh, that it went that long before she was discovered. And they're saying that it was a miracle that she was even discovered in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's very, very true, because um, space last time I checked was kind of big. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I would call it a large. Um, mm hmm. Mm hmm. And the thing was that she was she was discovered by scavengers, and as soon as they found a living survivor, they're like, "Oh, well, there goes our scavenge." You know, it's just one of those little throwaway lines. But that kind of tells you how she was found, and you know that she wasn't just on. You know, she didn't make her way into like a a normal space highway. She yeah. was kind of out there. Like it's so. almost like it's almost like nobody was like actively. It was not like they were actively searching for. Her. It's like they just assumed that that previous um crew just all died and there's no survivors like you know well the ship that she was on and you would this is one of those small details you would know from the previous one was actually an escape pod right so for her to be on it and no one else to be there was almost expected at that point because that's that's what she was doing that she was on an escape pod so the fact that she was escaping anything was like oh okay well she survived yeah right yeah mm-hmm. but uh but she um, makes it yeah, and I think the 57 years is, is important. Not the number itself, but the idea that 57 years have passed because as we come to find out, they've been the 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 federation or the you know, galactic survivorship of humanity or whatever you want to call them have been busy in those 57 years, especially in relation to that planet, which I mm-hmm. think is it seems short knowing just how large space is but in the grand scheme of things in the alien universe as you continue to watch more movies it makes more sense yeah that that and that's the thing too how huh? there's several alien movies like there has yeah i know i saw i i know i in my research i saw there were at least five um probably and, more than that more depending on how it's kind of like Star Wars. Like, what do you want to consider canon versus expanded universe? Because in the expanded mm. universe, there's there's a comic book series. There's you know the Alien versus Predator movies, which may or may not, depend on who you talk to, be considered canon for the Alien franchise or the Predator franchise, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, because the timelines don't don't match up. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's interesting. But there's there's a very large universe to to have been taken part here yeah and uh so when she gets uh when she gets out of the um of the escape pod uh of course uh she uh she has a conversation uh about what had happened um and and i believe it was burke that came in and basically like filled her in on what was happening because nobody at the hospital was able to tell her what had even happened um, mm-hmm. but then things start to take a turn, uh, when, uh, a parasite just, uh, starts coming out of her stomach. And this is like the classic, like, th- this is the classic scene that everybody knows from aliens that like, they're just like, kill me. And then there's an alien coming out of their stomach. Right. Like, yeah. 
And, and this is a direct flashback to the first scene of suspension action in Alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a throwback to that reminder. And then also for people that hadn't seen Alien, like you, this gives you that sense of, okay, well, I know what's going on here. This is bad. Right. But uh, uh, but just as it's about to uh, pop out of her stomach, she wakes up from the dream and mm-hmm. and you know and everything was a dream although um when i read the imdb summary on this supposedly um everything in that dream had actually taken place previously just minus the parasite part <laughs> right yeah. um so uh so it was a re I, I i guess yeah like you said and that's from that standpoint it establishes what's going on in the movie it's not really so much like it was a creative decision at that point to do it that way. It, it does. It does still set the scene though, because for the next few scenes, she's right. Um, or I should say it really does set the atmosphere because for the next few scenes, she does show signs of PTSD. Like she is very disturbed about what happened. She's not okay. And right. whether you're seeing that for the first time, or if you're, especially if you, uh, you know, saw the first one, that's relatable. You know that it was big and it, it starts to build that tension of what the heck is actually going on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And uh um and, and of course uh uh it, Ripley since since Ripley is the only survivor, uh Burke um Burke wants her to come into the uh, board meeting and you you mentioned earlier there's like a um agency that is kind of overseeing things, right? Mm-hmm. And they in the board meeting, they're discussing, you know, what went wrong with the previous mission. And um, the scientist is, you know, uh, in the in the room offering warnings about these alien creatures that she saw. Right. And and the board is just like, yeah, 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 sure. OK, we haven't seen anything. Uh, it's like we haven't seen anything. We haven't heard anything. Um, But she's like, I'm warning you. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. And then they just like. <laughs> they just see her as like this crazy lunatic and i'm in my head i'm just like hmm where have i seen this before hmm <laughs> could it be that uh this is a similarity to how certain people might be uh in society right now <laughs> yep yep uh yeah it, yeah yeah um and this is all if you watch more, you know, if you get more into the lore of it, you'll understand that this meeting in the in the lore is really kind of a contrived meeting. the The results are are determined prior to Ripley even being part of it. She's just there to try to get her on board to go and help them with, you know, their Earth ulterior motives. So mm-hmm. it's. You know, they 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 have things that they want, and they're not being open and honest about it with what they're telling her, right? And of course, that that just leads to further conflict as we go along, right? Yeah, no, and you uh, and you figure out that like some of the uh, motives behind uh, some of the people involved. We'll talk about this a little bit later. Some of those motives are not the greatest. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, now this is something that, uh, this is something that I, that was confusing for me and I, I had a rough time following this when I saw it, when I watched it on the movie. 
Um, mm-hmm. And apparently I had completely missed this part because this was this is pulled directly from the IMDb summary that I guess. Uh, so Ripley is basically demoted um, from her previous job because they're basically classifying her as insane, like has been like having trauma from the previous um, mission yep. that she was on. Right. And so they demote her to um, she they demoted her to like working with a bunch of these um, I guess you could call them like little robot like things where they were she was doing yeah she she, she's basically doing prison labor she's doing manual labor she's doing yeah custodial work like she's you know she's not she didn't have any stature or or any semblance of hierarchy or anything else. She's right. basically just there to to work enough to get food and survive, and that's that's basically all they have her doing. Right. Yeah. But uh, but while uh, she's busy doing that, um, they they decide that there is like they, they discover that there is an un, a previously undiscovered area of the um, of the complex where um, Ripley is talking about like where she saw the aliens, because what's significant about that board meeting is that they said, yeah, we've been set up there for 30 years and haven't seen anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is why they're saying like, what are you talking about? Like, we're not seeing anything here. Right. Right. And but, then they lose contact with the colony. Right, yeah, and um, and that's because that's where I was confused as to like how this colony, like how people got into this colony. It, I is it clear how they got in there, other than like they were there to explore this on this you know undiscovered area? Is, is that how well they got so, there? So, so I think there's some there's some conflagration going on. The original Alien movie, they were set out to to go to a certain planet. Um, and then they get distracted by a a distress call by from a from another area, um, and they go and they they try to find out what's going on there, and that's what starts the the alien you know movie. And this one, they have gone through and returned to the same planet. I forget what what the hell the damn planet's name was like x462 or something stupid yeah it has like a weird code name in it yeah i know yeah. what you're talking about so they're returning there and with their their official purpose for being there is to uh uh make the planet hospitable for humans they want to make it a new planet mm-hmm. they're terraforming they've got this huge terraforming reactor and they got people there to operate it and there's just enough there people there to operate the terraformer and to get make the planet hospitable and they've been doing that for 30 years so mm-hmm. it's a slow process takes takes a long time they send people out there to do it and eventually you know now they have a new planet to colonize and now they haven't heard from those people in a while yeah and so and and apparently they uh, they get a distress call from them too at one point but they lost all communication and they are presuming that the aliens are behind this. And so Burke comes in uh, with um, a guy named Lieutenant uh, Ripley. Um, and uh, he and, and they want her to be an advisor for a group of Marines um, <clears throat> that are going to that um, to that to that place to kind of yeah. basically investigate what's going on. Right. 
And Ripley, you can tell, like, at first is not interested whatsoever. And to be honest, like we said, like, she has, like, you know, PTSD from the last mission. And so I don't blame her, to be honest, <laughs> about not wanting to go, right? Right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and she's uh, she's she's very... Con- but they get her by saying, well, we will reinstate you to your former status mm-hmm. as, you know, space journey... and." lieutenant whatever whatever um you can tell how how actually important that is by the fact that i don't remember any of it (laughs) right we'll we'll return you to your previous status if you go as an advisor on this mission because if it is something crazy like what you were talking about miss looney tunes then you will be able to see that it is you know you'll advise us on what what's there or you can see for yourself that it's not real right and that's kind of like that's her hook in you know that's the MacGuffin that gets her to go, right? Yeah, and um, and it sounds uh, and, and it looks like uh, what finally convinces her to go is you know she just keeps having nightmares about it, and she can't like, she can't like, she's basically getting a lot of sleepless nights over it, basically. And so, I guess for her, it's more just a matter of getting closure. Um, yeah, and and to try to get you know that situation resolved. Um, and, 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 oh yeah. And I had it in the doc here, a warrant officer was her previous role and, um, she agrees to go if they promise to wipe out the aliens and not try to take them back to study them. And like I mentioned earlier, we find out later that (laughs) that's not what happened at all. Uh, well, that's not what Burke wanted to have happen anyway, but you know, mm -hmm. but so that sentence probably wasn't very truthful. It, well, the, it depends on 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 how you want to take that because okay. in Burke's mind, he's looking at the greater mission, which, spoiler alert, has always been to capture and harvest these alien life forms. But the immediate mission is to find out what happened to the people, and you know that that's their primary goal. However. When they arrive, and if they find out, which I'm sure we'll get to here in just a second, uh, if they find out that you know the colony hasn't survived, then what tasks do you have left? Well, the next task in line is the one that they already had: is to try to harvest one of these alien life forms and bring it back with them. So, yeah, it's not a lie as so much an omission of step two of a two-step process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um uh, I will say, by the way, um the fact that um the fact that they uh because this movie was done in the eighties, and so when uh when Ripley uh decides to uh to go on the mission, uh she calls uh Burke and has like a video like a video um relay, like ba- basically does basically doing VoIP kind of like what we're doing right now. Yep. And you know, I, I will, I will give them credit for trying, but, and they sort of got it right. They sort of got video chat kind of right. Right. But yeah. it, 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 they, they tried their best, but it just wasn't, it just, it just didn't end up being too accurate as to what we actually ended up getting, but fair credit to them for at least trying. Right. Well, and even that can be explained away by the fact that, you know, the, she uses the chip 
she inserts a chip into the monitor, which calls the the other person, Burke, and they have that conversation. And for all we know, maybe maybe cell phone waves don't work in space the way they do on the ground, or they're not, you know, because you're traveling so fast, it messes with the signal. Or yeah. they had to have a hardwired connection because it's so secure. Like you can explain that away. I think they freaking nailed it. I I really think they. Yeah, for, for the for the universe that they're in, I think they did great. Well, and and nineteen eighty six to two thousand twenty one. Well, yeah, and 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 when <laughs> and they're in space too, and so they're trying to um, that like everything I assume is analog, just because you know it's got a, a further reach than perhaps digital does. But right. you know, we we could go into a whole rabbit hole about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, you're right. They they got pretty close for being eighty six. They. They nailed it, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. So these sleeping pods, I want to talk about these because I <laughs> I didn't fully understand them at first as to what their purpose was entirely other than like, I mean, I obviously it's where they sleep, right? Mm-hmm. But they specifically have to be sleeping in those pods whenever they're going on any sort of mission or whatever, right? And supposedly it's so they can they sleep until they get to their destination because their destinations, you know, take several um, can take several uh, days to get to apparently. And they call it hypersleep. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So this this is this is an old sci fi trope, I think, from the 50s. in uh, when when they first started messing with cryogenics, they started talking about hypersleep and in traveling through space in pods um you see it in in you know fallout games you see it in all kinds of places and basically it, it just it pauses your life life cycle you don't age while you're in hypersleep and that way you can travel extreme distances of you know hundreds of light years and not have one memory of it because who the hell wants that mm-hmm. and two it allows you to still be alive when you get there as opposed to just, you know, degenerating through old age while you, while you sleep in a coma. Yeah. And, it, and, and I guess that's why, uh, when it was 57 years, when, uh, when Ripley got rescued the first time, like, that's why, like, despite like the movie taking place, like 57 years into the future, you know, like normally if you age 57 years, it's like, it's usually noticeable, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with Ripley, yeah. it's like, you know, not it's, not noticeable yeah. at all. It's suspended animation. That's why the cat didn't die too, you know? Like, they're just, they're, you, you get locked in, the system brings you to stasis, and then you just basically stay at that, uh, at that physical age uh, until you awaken from hypersleep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of the hyper uh, hypersleep uh, pods, um, they have the um, they bring her on and and they have all of these uh, Marines. And mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing that um, <laughs> I'll talk about this a little bit later, but there's a, a video that I watched before just before we did this podcast. Uh, it was uh, it was all the things that are wrong with the aliens movie. <laughs> I will say one of the things that was interesting it was just <laughs> they joked that they're just like how did all of these um marines not wake up with morning wood 
Nice. Um, yeah. And th- this is actually the, as far as I know, the genesis of the space Marines mm-hmm. that so many video games and movies have, have relied on since then, you know, everything yeah. from, from uh, uh, Command and Conquer to Firefly, you know, it all comes, comes out with these space Marines. Like they, they jump out and they're just like ready to go get them. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And these guys are, yeah. They, they don't have the greatest of morale. They're not necessarily happy to be slugging through to this <laughs> crappy little place and yeah. you know, not knowing what they're facing. And they're so. not really even taking this threat too seriously either. It's like they're no. jo- they're joking around all the time and <clears throat> you know uh and, and and you know Ripley is saying like um my crew got taken out in 24 hours last time. It's like it, this is, this is no laughing matter. It's like, I'd be pissed too. You know, it's like, yep. it's like, you're not taking this threat seriously. And it's like, literally my entire crew was wiped out. Like really dude, <laughs> I yeah. will. I did. I will say I did appreciate the line. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I am going to, what, what's her, what, how do you pronounce her Vasquez. name? Vasquez. Yeah. Uh, she is one of like the only, um, female Marines that are on this ship apart, um, from Ripley. And I did like the line where, uh, one of the other Marines asks her, um, have you ever been mistaken for a man? (laughs) And she just responds with no, have you? (laughs) God is asked. Yep. yep. (laughs) Because everybody gets up and they're joking around and they're kind of just, you know, just waking up right and she gets yeah. up and the first thing she does is start doing pull-ups uh-huh like <laughs> yeah but you yeah know, yeah got him <laughs> yeah but yeah. uh <laughs> but yeah you you were mentioning uh about uh how ripley doesn't uh trust artificial uh people and mm-hmm. uh and and bishop is like it, it I didn't even realize like it, it I will say it took me like halfway maybe 3 quarters of the way into the movie to finally realize that Bishop is an artificial person. I mean they they basically make him like they have someone playing him obviously and they make it yeah. look like a re- regular human. And I will say like that knife trick that they did was like <laughs> was pretty cool but also like they totally sped that up. <laughs> uh- yeah, yeah. Well, here's the other thing that I, I was interested in that because you've seen that knife trick before. I know uh-huh. you have because yes. everyone has because of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, I I saw uh, I saw a video of somebody uh, doing this exact knife trick, and they're just like doing it like it's no big deal, and they're they're doing it faster too. I'm just like, uh, uh, it's like you're on anxiety. You're your anxiety yeah. is uh, uh is like through the roof the entire time. It's like no 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 don't do not stab yourself. No 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 no. <laughs> right. Right. But that comes from this movie. That's that's yep. that's wild. Um uh and and yeah, Ripley she's you know, like I thought she said there were going to be no no you know artificials on this ship or whatever and they assure her like oh, he's different. You know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's exceptionally different from the last time she dealt with one. Yeah, and 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 supposedly this is um um that line makes a lot more sense if you have seen the first alien movie uh from what I've been told. Uh yep. but even that, but even so, it's like just in general, it's like, you know, dealing with artificial intelligence and that kind of stuff. It's like 
no thanks. <laughs> Some of that stuff is and, wild. And in the grander scheme of the alien universe, it really comes into play on just how different some of the models are and how it it moves it really moves the story forward like yeah i'll, I'll leave it there for ne- for now but that's that's kind of like a central theme in all of the alien franchise movies and, and uh it, once you kind of catch onto that theme it all starts to show an ebb and flow of the series and it's 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 pretty interesting in and of itself but this is the only only sense of it that you get from this one yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so I here here's here's something that uh folks in the watch party were talking about. And I wanted to uh get your opinion on this because a lot of them were mentioning about like there were so many inaccuracies about how a um how a ship of this magnitude can, you know, fly. Like it, to a certain extent, I get it. That, like it's a movie. Like not everything's supposed to be accurate per se. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they were, uh, <laughs> and some of them admittedly were joking around, like the fact that they were still using incandescent bulbs in the future, and um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they. But they were mentioning uh, that, like the like the way that they landed, like they should have blown up once they reached the surface. If this was a real flight, like how, wh- what do you think about that? How does an A wing fly? <laughs> I don't know. How does a B wing fly? <laughs> like, you know, it, it's science fiction. The, the, the aerodynamics are the first thing to go anytime you talk about science fiction flight. Fair. So, yeah. Yeah. That's just, it's not even, it, it doesn't even break my, my veal of disbelief. Like, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't even phase me. It's just, that's just part of how science fiction movies are. If they wanted to get into, you know how I, like when it when the the aircraft goes to land, um, you don't see any any real disturbance from going into the atmosphere. Like they pop out, they don't check. They're, they're not checking service any, anything other than signs of life. Mm-hmm. They don't check for you know the the radioactivity levels or anything else. Yeah, it's just kind of one of the things that they breeze over because it's not important to the story. And like, yeah, the way that they look for the aliens is so inconsistent too. Like, it, it's it's strange. Like, oh, oh yeah, these are bad Marines. These uh-huh. <laughs> these are not good Marines. <laughs> yeah, no, I I feel like if there was anybody to, uh, that was qualified to say that, it'd be you. <laughs> well, uh, I just just having. Just it's just it's just not good tact. None of this is good tactics. Marines, uh, uh, army, any th- this, they did not tactfully go through and search for anything. And when they started seeing things that were pretty weird, like you know, uh-huh. the entire when the entire surface walls of the ship are now totally different and don't look like anything they've been in before. Mm-hmm. they barely even notice. They're like, oh, now I have to step over something instead of walking down a hallway. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, yeah. Um, but I will say, um, they do end up finding a survivor. So there are, um, when they go through uh, this um, this area, they, they do find the aliens uh, in there, and there's obviously people that are, that have already been, um, it's hard to say dead because some of them were still like alive, but they were definitely used as like incubators, incubators. Right. Exactly. And so you can't really say they're dead, but like 
might as well be right yeah well the first person they see once is just begging them to kill her like just kill me kill me and then of yeah course it's they like don't. in my misery because, yeah yeah they don't and then that's when the little the the the, the chest popper pops out mm-hmm. and then they burn it up um, which starts the chain reaction of the entire rest of the movie. Like we're an hour into the movie at this point and we're finally getting into any kind of feasible right? action. Like that's a very deliberate pace. I, um, it is, but I, I, <laughs> I was bored. Like I, yeah. I was like, get, get to the, get to the action here, people. Come on. Uh, on, one, on one hand, because there's enough going on that you don't realize an hour has gone by. On the other hand, if you hit pause right before they see the lady hanging off the wall, mm-hmm. you're, you're not surprised an hour has gone by. Like, right. You know, it doesn't feel like an hour, but it doesn't not feel like an hour either. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's a weird feeling. Um, yeah. But they find um, they find new uh, this little girl. And of course, uh, like, and she appears to be like the sole survivor of this invasion. Right. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, she wants to stay in her hideout and has hesitations in going with Ripley and the Marines. It's like, you know, I, I get that. Right. Like <laughs> you got an entire um, you got an entire like alien like madhouse going on here and it's like you you found the one safe place in this room it's like hell no you don't want to leave right (laughs) (laughs) right 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 that and because she's small enough she's been able to stay quiet she doesn't need a lot of food Uh you know she's seen all the horrors and everything else like it's it's yeah it's a miracle she survived and it really adds to the story especially uh from the beginning when you find out that uh that Ripley's daughter passed away during the 57 years she was in hyperspace or, All right. or whatever. Yeah. So now, you know, here's, here's this other little girl that happens to be the same age as Ripley's daughter would have been mm-hmm. uh, back when she went into hyperspeed, hyper, hypersleep. Right. So it gives it this kind of uh, a surrogate mother kind of vibe to it. Right. Um, yeah. And, and Ripley is yeah. the only person that Noodle even talked to realistically. Right. And and she does open up towards, you know, after she sees him fighting and, and it, you know, she doesn't stay clammed up the whole time, but it's not exactly the easiest of, uh, of transitions. Like it, 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 it's hard to get her out of her shell. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. Right. Given the situation. Yep. Yeah. But, um, but here's, here's something that that's interesting because, um, Ripley uh, notices uh, that like and she she's seeing on like the monitors that they're seeing that those guns, excuse me, that the soldiers are having could cause serious damage to the nuclear reactor if you uh, if you if you're not careful with them. And of course, you know, nuclear reactor, anytime someone mentions nuclear reactor, usually not a good sign. Right. (laughs) I mean, this is the mid '80s, you know. Like this is this is right around the time of like Three Mile Island and Chernobyl. Like nuclear tensions were at at a height, and now they're going to take explosive rounds into a nuclear reactor or next to a nuclear reactor. Like it's just it's one of those things. And and you you have in the notes here, like good job, commander. You know, or good job, trust your commander. But then the commander was completely inept. He didn't plan for for any of that. He mm-hmm. didn't know what to do. Like this guy is a complete waste of of commission. Yeah, and, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and, 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 and not only is he weak minded, but he's weak willed. Like he didn't even want to be part of the initial thrust into finding, you know, is it's just is despicable. So yeah, it's no wonder it's they like, don't trust him because they can't believe he's even their commander. Like, yeah, right. And the soldiers are like, you know, it, it, like it, he says, like the commander's like, hey, hand the guns over. You heard them. But they're just like, the hell are you crazy? <laughs> and so, of course, they don't um, hand all the guns over and they still have their guns. And, and some of them, they still have like flamethrowers, which is like. Like uh, you, you, you get rid of the guns, and yet, like the flamethrower isn't also going to affect the nuclear reactor. Like, how does that make any sense? <laughs> I mean, flames wouldn't structurally damage a cooling line as easily. But either way, yeah, I, I was not a fan of just this entire approach. This whole section, this like this fifteen twenty minutes of the movie is just, it's, yeah, it's really, it's really kind of dumb. It is no, I absolutely no. It pushes the story story forward, but there's just so much in this section. It's Mm -hmm. beautifully shot. It's a great like the visuals are so well maintained. You know, like the director knew exactly where you should be looking and what he wanted you to see the entire time. It's just that some of it needed to be a little little better thought out. Yeah, absolutely, including the fact that like. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like it it's almost like a stereotypical thing in movies it's like why does the black guy always have to die first like why or yeah. frost <laughs> and, and and it's even worse if you want to look at the the latent racism in it there's only what one or two black dudes there's one other chick besides ripley yeah there's, you know like two hispanic people and one and, of those is the chick like well, and and the, and the and the white. and the woman that plays the Hispanic character isn't even Hispanic. Turns right. out, like right. so. <sighs> oh my god! Yeah, they were. This is a totally whitewashed experience. Typical yeah. mid eighties Hollywood. Yeah, no, there was a um, there was also like apparently um, there was a line uh when they were questioning Ripley about the mission. Um, there was a line where one of them mentioned um fact like are you sure you um uh, are you sure you're not talking about illegal aliens and it's just like oh, oh my god like this there's so many problematic <laughs> things in this movie it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah but i mean it it is the time you know it's it's it's, it's of the time so mm-hmm. yeah we we talked about uh we talked about a couple episodes back with um uh with brian about uh bill and ted uh about how um there was a um there was a homophobic slur dropped in that movie and it it just completely catches you off guard because I'm you're like whoa wait a minute that's yeah that's not acceptable today like what are you doing <laughs> right and to be clear it shouldn't have been acceptable then right but at least now we know better. exactly yeah mm-hmm. now now we, now we acknowledge better because I think we we always knew anyway yeah. Um, Back to aliens. Yeah, that's a whole nother. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah. So so uh, so things things go wrong, of course, as they as they do at this point, right? Like ninety nine percent of the people die in this fifteen minute spiel. Right? Yeah. No, that's I what's mean, wild. Yeah. It's not. That's not accurate. But that's what it feels like. It feels like everybody's just. Oh, you're, now you're dead. 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 
oh, look, they went to a new hallway. Let's kill three more people. Now they're dead. Now that person's dead. And it's like, geez, this is when it really, really amps up. Only, yeah. only but, to but fall into another lull. But also, to be fair, like, Ripley did warn that this is going to happen, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. so in a sense, it's like, you're kind of not surprised, right? Like, <laughs> you know? Um, but then yep. Ripley has to take uh, matters into her own hands. And by that, she ends up driving this like capsule thingy or whatever. It's some sort of vehicle. And someone in the watch party described it as Roz, how Roz Jade drives in Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I, just any one of us who uh, drive in Fortnite. It's just like, it's not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and And speaking of Fortnite, like what a strange coincidence i gotta talk about this because this is particularly interesting because i did not i did not plan this at all i did not plan for this to happen but in Fortnite, they've been uh bringing a lot of um they've been bringing a lot of characters from other movies and games into the into the game as like skins that you can purchase in the item shop Mm-hmm. And literally the week that I that I'm gonna do my watch party on the weekend, they draw they they announce, oh, we're we're doing a collaboration with Alien. So now Aliens, the Alien skins, um, and, and Ripley and the Alien and all of those those skins are now in Fortnite. And it's like the very same week that I do my watch party, and it's like I did not plan this. Like how 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 did I get so lucky with this? Like I don't understand. <laughs> that, that just means you should have done the watch party in character in Fortnite, <laughs> right? Skinned up. Yep. I know. I will say after we watched the movie, I went and I, I went and purchased the bundle, and I probably wouldn't have purchased the bundle had I not seen the movie. Which is, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, right. it's absolutely crazy. Um, and and there's been like a couple of instances now where like we will cover a movie on the show and then seemingly like a couple weeks later there will be like some news article that comes out like or somebody will do like a tiktok or something w- about the movie and it's just like am i like are people watch listening to my content and making content out of it like what's going on here <laughs> it's almost like someone's listening to my podcast or something <laughs> that's awesome but hey, I mean, just a little aside I thought I'd throw in there. But um, we were talking about uh, uh, the little girl, uh, Newt. And I will say, like, this this little girl saved the movie for me, honestly. Because right. the way that she was being, like, so honest about the whole situation, I just found so good about the movie. And it was the one part of that this movie where I really enjoyed it. And I know I I like the fact like Newt was say, uh, said like affirmative to the soldiers like it's kind of like a cute thing that you that you see and then <laughs> when Ripley is trying to calm Newt's fears about you know about bad dreams and stuff <laughs> she she's she grabs her doll and was just like see this doll isn't uh, isn't fearful about bad dreams <laughs> to which she responds with of course it's just a piece of plastic it doesn't have yeah. bad dreams <laughs> like yeah her honesty <laughs> is just so funny in this movie it's so good <laughs> yep and this actually leads to the most uh interesting part of this movie to me and that's when uh ripley and newt fall asleep together in the med bay 
Ripley has this gun just, just off to the table. She wakes up a little while later and sees that one of these specimens that had been collected, these live specimens, is loose. Her gun is missing. And, of course, they go to try to leave, and they're locked in there. And yeah. And it burn. turns out <laughs> turns out it's, that uh, there might be someone behind that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's they didn't, they didn't even try to hide it for very long. It's, like, immediately known that it's Burke. Right. Yeah, no, that's the thing cuz cuz they have uh cuz Burke and Ripley have an have like an argument about like how best to go to go about this, right? Like the entire crew yeah. obviously wants to get rid of all of these aliens, right? But Burke is just sitting there like, "How can we do that? We'll destroy the facility and then who's going to pay for the facility that we destroyed?" Of course, Ripley. He's, yeah, of course, Ripley is just like I'll pay the tab, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, just, just put on my tab. Like I already owe all this other money. You guys say that because from when uh, this other stuff was destroyed. But yeah, it's like yeah. he's such a company man. He almost he almost ruins the movie for me just because he is such a company man. Yeah. No. But then again, it's it's Paul Reiser, and that's kind of the role he plays. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because then, um, because then once because like put it on my tab. And that then he argues, well, can't we? We can't just exterminate these creatures. Who? What gives us the right to do that? Like, come on, we yeah. can't be. We can't be. It's like you're you're trying to be environmental on some killer aliens. Like, bug off! Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know right. what? I, it, and it, it it yeah, and it just goes to show, like, hey, everybody died because of these aliens. Yeah, but we should probably keep them because. Uh, you know reasons no because fool. research you're this, yeah you're in this for for yourself you know that, that's all you're just trying to get a cut of whatever right uh, reward there is or whatever yeah it's just it's yeah it's no it, yeah no and like you said yeah it, it's right at that point it's like they very they don't even try to hide it at that point it's just like oh yeah no burke does not have everyone's best interest at heart like yeah. we know that immediately as soon as as soon as we see that scene and um and it's like he he seems to be more concerned about retrieving the alien species and selling them for profit, you know, like classic corporate greed. Am I right? <laughs> uh, again, spoiler. That's what the whole series is about. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. And then uh, he, he hides the fact that Ripley and Newt are, are fighting this, this fate. Well, it turns out to be two face suckers. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, Ripley pulls the old uh, fire alarm trick. Like, hey, this I know is a kitchen. that's uh, that was actually such a that was such a clever move, right? Like yeah. doing the old set off the fire alarm trick because that's get gets their attention real fast because because that's the thing is like they are like pounding on the glass and you can see like they're on a monitor and then as soon as Burke sees that they're you know like trying to get out or whatever he intentionally turns off the monitor like how much more of a scumbag can you be in terms of it's like it's obvious what you're trying to do at this point right yep. like yep. It, yeah and like it, yeah but but thankfully ripley is smart and able to pull off the old um fire alarm trick there and of course that leads ripley to believe that you know, Burke was trying to get her and Newt impregnated with these um, aliens, of course. And, yep. you know, and, you know, as if he couldn't, as if that weren't scumbag enough, right? <laughs> then they, they, 
the lights turn out, right? They they discover that there's more aliens in the vicinity, right? And then when Bert, oh, and then when they're trying to escape, Burke like just slips into the um the into the med lab, yeah, and and he uh, and he basically like block like seals the door, basically preventing them from going in there. And mm-hmm. fortunately for the rest of us, um, there's already an alien in med lab, and so he gets exactly what's coming to him. And I'm I, not at all disappointed that his character dies. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and yeah, it's it's that 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 just that good feeling, and you, and he doesn't he doesn't die. He uh he gets impregnated. <laughs> I yeah no the same thing he was trying to do to <laughs> to Ripley yep. and New. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It is. It is. So he gets to feel how that feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- then begins the may massive uh evacuation scene, which is kind of almost the last scene of the movie if you really think about the structure. Yeah. Of the movie. Yeah, no, and, and and so if I'm remembering correctly, the reason they need to evacuate is because they they decide that like like oh we're just gonna nuke this entire facility, and I guess that's kind of the way to to get rid of them, right? Well, they yeah they had to escape because the the, the safe place they they thought they thought they had wasn't safe because the the aliens were crawling over the ceilings in passages they didn't know about so they had to get out of there mm-hmm. and fine okay so they start heading out of there they start getting back to the ship and the uh, damage caused by um, by the explosion near the reactor is going to blow the reactor so they've only got a certain amount of time uh, the android dude has gone back to remotely pilot the second ship from their main ship down to uh to help them escape and they they have to go through the tunnels and basically hide newt is uh the only one that knows her way around the tunnels so she guides them to the to the landing pad of course that runs into problems when you know things don't go as as they're supposed to um and really it's just a bunch of action movie tropes from that point until they get to the uh the space dock mm-hmm. which I hate to summarize it like that, but that's kind of how it felt. Yeah, like, there wasn't like really anything new here. Yeah, like I, 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 yeah, and when I looked over at my notes about this, it's like I noticed that there was like a significant gap in that moment. Like to mm-hmm. me, it just like it was just like yeah, it kind of happens that way, right? Like it yeah. didn't really seem like it was that action packed because it's like yeah, of course that's what's going to happen, right? Although, yeah, um, although Newt does get uh taken away by one of the aliens and is almost um killed but i guess yep. uh ripley was able to find her before um before, before everything yeah before that yeah and and yep. before the uh, before the facility blew up too and i love yeah. how uh when ripley is about to destroy uh the queen's eggs that's when the queen is just like okay maybe we can't attack and they're like and like the, what's weird is like they're kind of negotiating without speaking, which is crazy because yeah, because she's just like, eh, you can get away from that, please. <laughs> yeah, and 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 what that's doing there is it's showing intelligence, which is another aspect, you know, because they've had this gang mentality, like they're just going to go and they're going to attack whatever's living and harvest it and impregnate it, and that's kind of all it does. But this is the queen. Like showing intelligence, mm-hmm. you know, with this this bartering, 
and that's a different a whole new aspect of of all of it and it it kind of it it foreshadows other events in other movies which mm-hmm. may happen earlier or later in the series but still a really really heavy foreshadowing which kind of this whole movie's it's foreshadowing incarnate as my daughter said okay yeah yeah well and of course the eggs get destroyed anyway because <laughs> ripley just decides to go fire crazy on yep. the eggs although i have to agree um i keep referencing this youtube video again but like again they they make this point it's like if you know the entire facility is gonna get blown up anyway like why bother setting them all on the eggs all on fire like why <laughs> yeah yeah but it's very true it's very true but in the in the heat of the moment like you can see the rage in ripley's face and it just kind of brings more humanity to the character so I can see how they did it from an artistic point. Right. But, uh, but here, here's a, my question though. Like we, you think that the movie is over at that point, right? The airship arrives. They um, like Ripley and um, Ripley and Newt are saved. Right. Mm. But no, it's not, <laughs> it's not, that's not the end of the movie because um, one of the uh, aliens managed to sneak onto the um, the airship, and I and I believe if my um, IMDb summary is correct, that it was the queen that managed to sneak yes. into the airship. How 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 does yeah. an alien sneak into the airship? I ask. Like, well, you, there's there's it's very brief, but you can see the 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 queen crawling down from a spot, just like it's almost like an alcove of the dropship. As so when the dropship takes off and heads up, there's there's a little alcove where another ramp might be, and the queen hides there. So whenever it lands, the queen starts stepping out. Now remember, they had just foreshadowed intelligence. Mm-hmm. So this is just showing a further sign of intelligence. And there's nothing as of yet to suggest that that the uh, the aliens require oxygen for any you know for for any immediate need. So this isn't even a point of, in 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 fact, in, in the previous movie, it kind of showed that the aliens don't necessarily need oxygen as much as we do. Um, so this is kind of a, a a throwback to that, to that intelligence, and then it also sets up this battle, which is almost it's 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 almost like a a, a kaiju battle, like it's yeah, it's really crazy. Well, yeah, because Ripley takes the uh, the forklift slash mech, whatever you want to call it, right? And basically, like, f- like from earlier, like, because it because it was she previously used it in another scene, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then was able to destroy um the queen by like basically <laughs> sending her out the uh, the airlock, which in yeah. my mind, I guess is sort of the uh the inspiration for among us when you get ejected in among us it's kind of the same yeah. thing right <laughs> yeah and this is another point where you just kind of have to fall into the movie because if if it's an airlock and she opens it and the alien is falling out and it takes the mech with it but she can hold on to a single stair and then slowly right. climb up enough to hit the, like you, you kind of got to reach there and then the droid gets cut in half by the by the queen which was really cool mm-hmm. um yeah, you just kind of have to have to put that aside a little bit, which, you know, this comes from 30, 30 years of watching it, you know, like I've seen it a few times and in the, uh, in the 80s, that didn't even occur to me. Yeah. 
Well, I think uh, I think that's a good uh, I think that's a good talk about the movie. Let's let's give our final ratings, though. And I normally I would say uh, guest first, but I'm going to I'm going to go first this time. And I'm going to tell you why, because I am going to give this movie a thumbs down. I I know I said it. I said it. I'm giving this movie a thumbs down. And here's why, because the pacing was too slow for me. I had trouble um, figuring out most of the stuff in the movie. I had to look at the IMDb summary in order to like, in order to get like half of that movie in order to understand what was going on. Right. Because my notes that I was taking on it were just completely horrendous. And then on top of that, uh, right before we started the show uh, there, I was watch. I watched a YouTube video from it's, it's a channel called cinema sins and they have mm-hmm. this video. I'll put the link in the show notes. I've been referencing it a, a few times throughout the episode. Everything wrong with aliens in 15 minutes or less. Like this video right here just like completely is. It, it just made me hate the movie even more than I already did. Right. <laughs> so so this movie, I'm giving it a thumbs down. I hate to I hate to do it, but uh, thumbs down for me. Uh, but Amos, what do you think? I think that when you look at movies like this, you have to look not at just the story, not at just the interaction that you have with the movie itself, but also the interaction the movie has with everything around it. This movie was inspirational in how sci-fi horror could be could be, you know, uh, propagated, how adventure movies in the future could be could be sped forth and and this is um, this is just prior, just a few years prior to James Cameron doing Terminator 2. Um, he took a lot of this movie and a lot of techniques out of this movie and put it into further movies. Um, I also really appreciate the atmosphere and the cohesiveness between the original and this movie that I'm sure you don't because you didn't see the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, while also being able to spin it off and tell their own story. Um, I, I give this movie because of all that, because of the legacy without this movie, we wouldn't have halo for crying out loud. Uh Uh, I give this movie the very slightest of thumbs ups. Okay. I, I can live with that. I can live with that. But, uh, but I, I do highly encourage everyone to check out this video from Cinema Sins. It is <laughs> absolutely hilarious and it's such a fun time. <laughs> yeah. Well, their entire channel is a lot of fun and they will ruin any of your favorite movies if you watch it. <laughs> yeah, like... no, that's fair. That's fair. But this one in particular <laughs> was just like every point he brought up, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for exposing this. Thank you. <laughs> So, so that is our uh, final rating. I man, I feel like I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this thumbs down. So, uh, email at cinemavention.com. Uh, let's hear it. Like, I want to hear from someone who just absolutely enjoys this movie, and I want to, I want to hear their opinion on this because, because yep. yeah, the fact that you gave it a slight thumbs up for it being so iconic, it, that says a lot. And the fact that I gave it a thumbs down, like. I think that says a lot about our opinions, right? <laughs> yep. So yep. email at cinemavention.com if you have a differing opinion than us. 
Uh, Definitely. Despite my opinion on this movie, though, I had a fun time talking about it with you, Amos. And I hope that everyone, uh, I, I this this was a good episode. And despite it being a, a bad movie, at least in my opinion. <laughs> but but thank you for talking about it with me and let the folks know where they can find your work. Uh, you can find everything I'm involved in on either ritualmisery.com or anthonylemos.com and both those links will be in the show notes that'll take me to my twitter my photography my insta all the different things all the podcasts i'm involved with everything else so yeah and uh yeah no, if you haven't seen um amos's photos um that he has on the website like they're they're really good they're really good check him out if nothing else check him out check out his website for the photos if nothing else right <laughs> well there's there's not a whole lot else on there right now because i can Every wow. time I want to blog something, I end up getting angry and I don't want to put that out there. Like that, so. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, hey. <laughs> but, uh, but thank you for coming back on the show. Hope to have you back again soon. Definitely. Now, where can people find more about this show? Well, uh, if you want to join in on the watch parties for each of these movies that I review on the show, you can do so uh, at twitch.tv slash is one We also do... Um, it in the discord as well uh and you can also find me live there on my twitch every wednesday and friday night i have all sorts of gaming content but if you can't make it to the watch party don't you worry because we are going to make the watch party available to you afterwards exclusively to the people who are supporting on patreon.com slash w scott is one thank you so much to everybody who is uh supporting that patreon it is helping this show expand i really appreciate it uh game night discord.com like i mentioned if you have any feedback in the cinemavention channel and with my opinion on this movie i i'm willing to bet we're gonna get some feedback on this so <laughs> uh, i'm sure you will mm-hmm. <laughs> email at cinemavention.com is the email address if you want to send me an email but if you want to see all the previous movies that we've covered on this show, head over to cinemavention.com. Every single past episode is available for your viewing and listening pleasure. You can also subscribe to the podcast. Pick your favorite podcatcher of choice. It, it can be Apple Podcasts. It can be Stitcher. It can be Overcast. Does not matter. Subscribe, leave a review, and tell other people about the show and uh, help it expand. Overcast for the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, music has been provided by Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech.com. We'll be back next week to discuss the movie Pulp Fiction with Kent Fuller. Hey, Amos is co-host on the RMP uh, yeah. show. So uh, that's going to be a fun movie to cover. I can't wait to cover that one. And and, and you haven't seen Pulp Fiction. I, I know the premise of this. I just, I have, I like sometimes... I just have to hear it from your mouth. You have not seen Pulp Fiction. <laughs> but hey, that'll be uh, that'll be remedied in the next episode. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> but until that next episode, we will see you next time, everybody. Take care. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>